1: Les rêves qui hantent au large d'Amsterdam Dans le port d'Amsterdam, il y a des marins qui dorment Comme des oriflammes le long des bergements Dans le port d'Amsterdam, il y a des marins qui meurent Pleins de pierres et de drames Première lueur Mais dans le port d'Amsterdam Il y a des marins qui naissent Dans la chaleur épaisse Des longueurs océanes Dans le port d'Amsterdam Il y a des marins qui mangent Sur des nappes trop blanches Des poissons ruisselants
0: all right, for this episode, we're going to be talking about Olympia 64 by Jacques Burrell. Uh In the room, I have Sean, Bonjour. Adam, yeah. and Ben. Mm-hmm. Olympia 64 is Jacques Burrell's second live album, also known as, I'm going to butcher this francophone, so apologize, Enregistrement public à Olympia, 1964, recorded at the Parisian Concert Hall on the 6th, and 16th and 17th of October 1964 and released the same year on Barclay Universal Records. The producer is Jean-Marie Jurin and the genre is chanson. Uh, considered a master of the modern chanson, Jacques Brel was a Belgian singer, songwriter, actor and director who composed and performed literate, thoughtful and theatrical songs that generated a large devoted following during the early uh, 1960s, and by 1964, Burrell was on top. I'm going to take an ex- excerpt actually out of the book, first time, mm. by David Hutchin. Falling close behind Burrell's <laughs> 1964 studio LP, Les Bonbons, <laughs> Olympia 64 introduces Amsterdam, Mahilda, and Tango Funbre, and another one, <laughs> <laughs> all of which would be covered by Scott Walker. It also features... Uh, Les Bonbons and his uh, more traditional from his uh, previous album. But the repetition simply demonstrates the difference between Burrell in person and in the studio. At Olympia, he inhabits the songs, living the stories, throwing himself in from the outset, acting them out. There is no let-up in drama, satire, or passion. He dies many, many times over the course of the 48 minutes. The rest is spent in sickbeds, mobile ba- brothels, and bars. In Les Toros, he becomes a dying bull, staring up at his tormentors, relating it to Waterloo, Verdun, and contemporary wars on formerly French territories what did we think of olympia 64 i wish
2: i could see what you just described cuz like not yeah. only do i i don't speak the language i don't get the visuals so what i have is a very compromised version of of what's actually happening here
0: yeah i think this might be the first album that we've done that the language was a, a hindrance barrier. it was a barrier we did a Miriam Makiba, and we all felt that I'm a huge fan that the, um, you know, the singing and the melodies uh, presented something that we could, the, the language wasn't a barrier of appreciating it.
3: Right. I have some thoughts about this. Sure. So, something you should know listening to this album is that Jacques Brel's parents both died in 1964. First his father, and then his mother a few months later. So, I think the themes of mortality are really strong here, and he just brought it. Like, you know, you hear him sometimes and you're like, oh dude, you're really like, you know, being kind of dramatic. He rolls his arms really hard and he just, you know, build up. But then like when he actually gets there, he sounds crazy because he's actually feeling it. Wow. So I think you get a lot of his drama. Also, if you do speak any French, he is actually stellar at painting a picture. He will like, he's very poetic. It's not just like kind of, you know, it's like Frank Sinatra, who maybe is comparable in American music in terms of the amount of theater they bring to it and their level of celebrity um he is like a poet like he he goes really dark he goes really hard but also he's very funny and dry and i think that all really came through in this and i think the audience the audience really engaged with it yeah um but no he this was just stellar front to back. I thought you, yeah.
2: men- you mentioned the theater aspect. Has mm-hmm. anyone seen footage? Like, how much is he actually acting? This he's stuff? an actor. I mean, is he is he really just like falling around the stage? Like it sounds like he's doing in in this description. He would
0: be presenting it, yeah, as a theatrical piece. That's all, I, I, I don't know, want to see that. I don't yeah. know how much. P- you know, there's probably not a lot of props. I and mean, where's his but hard day's night? He's, right? Yeah. He's presenting it It'd be with great, his great to see it yeah. With, uh,
4: subtitles. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I found that, like, as I listen to this record, I mean, I, I've heard him before and, you know, I associate him with, like, French movies that I watch where he gets used in the soundtrack all the time and that sort of thing. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I definitely found after a few songs just wanting to know, well, the song is obviously. Emo- emotional you know what it what is he saying and like, I, I speak a little french but it's hard to pick the lyrics apart <laughs> yeah. and um so you can you know you want to see especially somebody who is weaving a story um intricately it's challenging when you know i agree with ben that it's like even if you're feeling the vibe it's it's challenging to uh Get everything out. It makes you realize how much the language matters when you listen to a a song. I
3: would compare him to like a Randy Newman, almost Mm. honestly. Like I know he's. I was gonna
0: say Leonard Cohen.
3: Yeah, there's some Leonard Cohen. Like I I feel like
0: Leonard Cohen. Maybe I mean he's he's jauntier than Leonard. Yes, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) But I'm saying the the maybe the words um, are carrying. You know what I mean? Sure. Leonard Cohen. It's not always the melodies maybe not always the strongest or something like that. Randy Newman, I feel like is such an excellent player. Yeah. Um, and composing songs, but I feel like this is, this is very much a poem and a way to get the, the words into there is this.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think with the Randy Newman comparison, I mean that like a lot of his lyrics, he, he was being kind of humorous, you know, like, um, like, Le Tango is about a funeral, and it's about, you know, like, are these people going to read my love letters? Are they going to, you know, try and cry the hardest? Like, are they going to mm. talk about me when I'm, I can't hear them? You know, and it's just very, it's wry, it's funny, but it's also really sad, where it's like, that's what death is. It doesn't matter what you think at that point, you know? Um, let's see. Th- oh, Les Timides is Shy People. It's a song about what shy people do, how they interact with the world how they don't think you're watching them and you are and what you see and what they maybe do behind closed doors or speculation. Um, I just think he he really has, like, this kind of position he sits in where he he really does observe people and comment on the human condition in a, in a way that's kind of amazing for somebody who's also so theatrical. You know what I mean? Like, he's not just putting on a show.
4: He's not only invested in himself. He's he's looking at other people and thinking about them and then translating that.
3: Exactly. He's very engaged with being a person. And, you (laughs) know, I think that's maybe why people connected with him and why he has such international success is because he was, you know, he would kind of explain what it was like to be a person in a way that was really entertaining, but also really painful. You know,
2: I like both of your comparisons, Randy Newman and Leonard Cohen, because I, I, I don't speak a word of French, but I I see what you're saying. Like If you understand the language that he's saying, uh, the stories that he's telling him and the ways that he's painting these pictures is similar to how Randy Newman uses the English language. But I I also see what you're saying. As someone who doesn't speak French, me listening to uh, Jacques Brel sing these songs, I think would probably be similar to someone who doesn't speak a word of English listening to like a poet musician like Leonard Cohen mm-hmm. who like Leonard Cohen you, you strip away those those lyrics and it still sounds cool but what, what you're you're getting just such a small percentage yeah. of of what he is offering and whereas like yeah Randy Newman's a piano player that you're still you're missing a lot not hearing the lyrics but you're still getting the whole song and dance
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> Suivent l'ombre L'ombre sombre De leur ombre Seule la pénombre C'est le nombre De leur pudeur De leur ventin. Ils se blissent Ils pâlissent Ils jaunissent Ils rosissent Ils rougissent it's, it's an
4: interesting question Is that If you took somebody that you have such an impression of and then imagine that you didn't speak the language I was picturing Tom Waits Yeah, Tom right. Waits is also a good they, example yeah. of yeah. this
3: song "Le Jardins de, du Casino is about like a garden party basically and you can feel that in the tone of the song it's very like buoyant and kind of like you know I use the word theatrical again, but it's just a story about different people you see in a garden party, basically in a casino. So it's kind of this body atmosphere. And he really makes that clear, regardless of whether you speak French or not, you can visualize, you know, this like, all these guys, like guys with mustaches, women, like you know, showing off their bodies. Like you just really, you get the picture he's painting. Cool party. Yeah, nice. I know it's
2: you freaking got, sick, man. Right. Guys with mustaches what and women's bodies, scantily dressed women, boobies and everything. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: I would say maybe the difference um, uh, with Jacques Brel too is uh, he's. You hear the passion in the voice, but not necessarily the uh, the finesse of like the singing. Like his singing is. Is, uh, he does the talk singing kind of yeah. like where it's like, but he builds
3: it's, really well. But his range—I'm just saying—he
0: yeah. wouldn't have like a range, and that's not his thing, mm-hmm. you know. And and I think that can really limit someone's appreciation of hearing this because if you're expecting music, this might be you know a little bit of a different take on it. Yeah. Like I like we were saying before in this book, I don't think there's any spoken word in here. Like, I don't think we'll get Gil Scott Heron or anybody like that in this book, and so this might be the only only album that that borders on on that. Well, is there is there any Leonard Cohen? Yeah, there, definitely Leonard Cohen.
3: I think also it, like, as far as live albums go, if you want to compare this to like say James Brown or any of the live albums you heard, like this. It's clearly very tight and well-rehearsed, but also he used it as, like I said about his parents dying, as a coping mechanism. You know, he had a song about old people, and when it's like the hell of aging, you know, where it's like, your world is fading, you got gotten the world, it's, um, la vie. And things are just a little dimmer, you know, you still get up and get dressed. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that's part of it, and then, um, it was, uh... Le Dignes Repas, which is The Last Supper, and what he wants to see. That was
4: my favorite track.
3: It was really great, you yeah. know, and it was kind of, it was totally him just being like, death is coming. Okay, here's what I want to do. I want to, you know, drink wine. I want to talk to my friends. I want to sing songs. I want to eat food because death is coming, you know. And and the tone of that song really matched that kind of, like, dark joy. so French. It's so but French. The- <laughs> yeah, but he's there, Belgian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, that's, really? And that's know. what Le, Le Plot yeah. was about, Belgium. Oh which is about his flat country that's, you know, with sand dunes. and
4: It feels very existential. Yes. Know? I mean, I think yeah. his, and I think you really, that's the, that's the challenge here is, like, is my one note that I wrote down was um, if you don't have the lyrics and you don't know what he's saying, it, it becomes sort of like vibe music.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And, like, it's, like, a little sad, a little goofy, and that's mm-hmm. and that's what you walk away with. I mean, I'm imagining not being able to understand a word the- of French. Theatrical too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, You can
0: definitely tell it's theatrical.
3: But you're well, not wrong. He really yeah. conveys well, no. that. It's sad and goofy. Yeah, yeah. And, but that's
4: so. It's like he's he's obviously getting that across w- without the lyrics. But like, but I have to imagine, um, you know, just being like fluent and or seeing or even just watching a presentation with subtitles. I feel like this this would be. Um, much more, uh, you know, nuanced it feels, experience. It feels
3: like a one-man show, and it feels like he's giving you a complete it sounds like. Yes. It sounds like
4: he's up there being like, this is my thing. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah, <laughs> and,
3: you know, I think he's feeling very raw, so he's at a point where he's like, I'm just going to lay it out. Like, I'm from Belgium. I am afraid of death, but I've seen a lot of it. You know, I, I like fun, but also, like, I understand there are consequences to fun. Like, all those themes come up in this album, mm. you know, and there's a real sense of place. I mean... Um, there's one song that uh, Bowie covered. Um,
4: Yeah, I noticed Bowie had covered him in the past. Uh, It was uh, the opening track, Amsterdam.
3: Yes, Amsterdam, yeah. Mm -hmm. And also, I read that uh, he didn't want to meet Bowie because he didn't want to meet a gay person. He's actually kind of a bigot, which Uh I thought was really interesting to be French and also not want to meet a gay person, like... Yeah, <laughs> <is> right. True. <laughs> so yeah. But it's so like, he, he wouldn't meet uh, Bowie, yeah. you know. But also I think, like, um, and this is kind of shifting gears a little bit, but Scott Walker was obviously a huge fan of his and covered some of his songs. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really interesting because Scott Walker is the perfect person to bring him to life for an American audience, I think. Mm. Just the darkness and the humor and the, you know, there's some raw talent there, but Scott Walker without his darkness is just another, you know, low-voiced, charismatic dude that
4: the idea like, of translating is very is is cool, you know. Yeah. I mean, the idea of of expanding the the reach, you know. I mean, that's the challenge of. I mean, this is why so many international musicians just decide to sing in English. Mm-hmm. They they ha- I mean, it's a decision. I've talked to other bands over in Europe where it's just like, you know, where you talk to them and say, well, why do you know? Why do you sing in English? Like, and they're like, because we want to play outside of. Whatever country they're from, yeah. and it's really that simple. No, I mean English-speaking and,
3: audience are so much less receptive. Yeah, and yeah.
4: And yet there'll be like uh, groups that, um, like a French group, that will do really well in Montreal, mm-hmm. and like they have their like little pocket there, or you know, or they go to you know Benelux area or something, you know. Yeah. Uh,
0: Which is funny because a lot of these, you know, the lyrics, the the rhyming, and the way they play, uh, the turn of. Of language, it wouldn't wouldn't translate. Yeah, you know, and that's
4: what makes it so mm-hmm. difficult is that you can't know exactly how clever those lyrics mm-hmm. are without the context. And it's a shame, right? But
3: also that's why like matching tone is so important. Like this, again, Scott Walker, he covered "Numekeetepa" is like brell's biggest song. It's it's a hit. I love it. You know, but it, but when Scott Walker covered it, it was "If You Go Away," which is not. Doesn't translate evenly, but it's the same tone and the same mood. And I think Jacques Brel is really a master of creating a mood so that you you can almost, it doesn't matter if you speak his language or not, you know
1: what Mm. he's saying, you know? Du soleil et des planches, un peu de sang pour faire un peu de boue. Mais c'est l'heure où les épiciers se prennent pour Don Juan. c'est l'heure où les Anglaises se prennent pour Monterland. Ah, qui nous dira à quoi ça pense Un taureau qui tourne et danse et s'aperçoit soudain qu'il est tout nu.
2: You are talking about uh, European bands singing in English. <clears throat> that reminds me, I, when I was reading about Jacques Brel and reading about this article, I kept on seeing the word chanson. I uh, uh, mm. no, don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but yeah. I, had, I had to Google it. And uh, I learned, uh, you know, it, it's like a traditional French art form. It used to be, it, it's been defined differently throughout the ages. Because it used to just be like a, an epic poem or uh, like a, a, a droning chant. But uh the the, uh, the definition of like the modern like Jacques Brel era chanson, uh, how it's distinguished from other French pop music is uh, chanson follows the rhythms of French language as opposed to English and it has a higher standard for lyrics. so it's really it's like French poetry set to music.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I like I read that, and then like you know I kind of like clicked into place. I'm like, oh Okay, I, I get, I get it. That's that's what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Not, you not that I was wondering then. what he was doing before that, but right. Yeah. yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So, I guess let's let's think. Is this we got this book, Thousand One <laughs> Albums? What do we think? Should it go in here for just for the sake of? I would
2: love to get the full experience of Jacques Brel, but even just from the the penumbra of it that that i have right now i, I i'm interested i, w- I want to know more the, i think the vibe
4: is yeah is, is enough to say if something's happening here i'm not sure exactly what but yeah. like i mean i didn't do any digging i mean i had heard him before but like i learned more from being at this podcast than i ever knew about him and um but it definitely makes me say i'm sure somebody has live footage of him you know i'm sure there's like some documentary that i could just go watch that will Translate the lyrics for me and I can watch him and see his expressions and see his delivery and it'll be cool You know mm-hmm. like that's you know, it's just I just I haven't done the homework
3: <laughs> I could understand most of the album and I and knowing the context of what he went through that year and just uh, even his life before that I thought the performance was beautiful. I thought the story arc was amazing honestly Because was all about grief really yeah. it was a really it was a fun album because it's so theatrical, but he really moved through a lot in it I mean and um, Le Daniel Repas, he said, Je sais que je répète Le dernière fois," And it's basically him being like, I'm not afraid to die, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of a song. He's like, okay, it's, you know, I'm almost done here. I figured it out. I'm good. And I thought that was really powerful because there were other moments in the in the performance where he was just like, you know, but I want to live. I want to have fun. Like, I love my country. I love my people. And he just, he moved through a lot in a short amount of time. He did it very powerfully. I thought was, I thought it was really beautiful, and I totally see why it's on this list. Mm-hmm.
2: And sp- speaking of dying, that that reminds me. I, I I read on his Wikipedia page, he he died in the seventies. He was sick. It it didn't specify, but when he found out that he was sick and he had like years to live, he bought a boat and just like sailed the world. Yeah, like, he loved to sail, that's awesome. and he
3: loved to fly. <laughs> that's
2: how that's how you do it.
3: Yeah, he was yeah. a he was a big like. Aviation you've th- enthusiast. You've
2: and got three years to live. Like What yeah. do All I right. want to do? Well, well, let's get a boat. What now, am I into? I guess. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> he seemed like somebody who was really into a rich experience. Like, no matter what. He didn't half-ass anything. You know, he wasn't Stan Getz. <laughs> 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 no. He... Although Stan
0: Getz did run away with that boat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he yeah. did have yeah. a boat.
3: <laughs> no, I know. I just want to
0: talk show
4: Stan Getz. Stan Getz is yeah. out stealing other people's girls. I, I mean, I <laughs> guess I he's living. Maybe it was a
3: bad example, but I stand yeah. by it.
4: He's <laughs> stand yeah. by it. Yeah. No, but
3: I, I really think that Jacques Brel gave us something really special here, but also it seemed like it was just as good for him as it was for us. Like he...
0: Cathartic.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. he
3: went hard. Cool. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, unless you hate music that you can't understand uh, (laughs) or are not only interested in melody um you know that's that's the only way i could see it of someone not appreciating it is if they said well i just don't understand it and i'm not into the melodies so i you know it's not for me but the
4: foreignness is nice it it sounds so I, i think of the time you know i mean like yeah
0: and like I said before, I think just having I mean music is so diverse. This represents something to me especially that, you know, we have there's something a little bit different about this album. Yeah. And I think it should be celebrated in some fashion. And if it's this album then I'm for I'm for that for sure. Well,
4: I'd rather hear any day of the week a super foreign thing that I can't understand what the heck they're saying that's delivered with passion and with, like, pureness, you know, of just, like, this is what I do. Sorry if you don't understand. I mean, like, that's why I love Miriam Makeba. That's why I I didn't feel the Stan Getz record. I probably would have just preferred, you know, like, whatever the record they would have made without him, you know, or it's just, like, I, I would rather hear something in its, like, natural form. And that's what this is. There's, you know, this is not sugar coated for an American audience. You know.
3: Well, also you have to keep in mind that like he already had a large audience built up at this yeah, point, so this good. is not a breakout album. That's what I'm saying. No. Yeah, yeah. This is just him. He's just this doing is his like thing. The equivalent
2: yeah. of him playing Carnegie Hall. Yes. Yeah.
3: Exactly. Yeah, So like we're, it's getting to us because it's it's already because been through the. the it's intro already good. Yeah. 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 And that's what I'm saying
4: is like I I I would rather hear that any day of the week because mm-hmm. it's you know somebody who's just a master of what they do and. You know
2: we were mentioning before we started uh, recording earlier uh like e- e- like even if you don't understand what he's saying just for me personally listening to it it, it like i i felt like I was in like a a f- cool French situation. And you know, like, I felt like I was like... <laughs> a <bread>. French situation. <laughs> smoking situ- cigarettes in a cafe mm. with like the, the tiniest beer. Yeah. You know? mm. Yeah, and you
3: had no buttons buttoned on your shirt. No right. buttons. No
2: buttons. I'm in a cafe, but it's also a train. Yes.
3: <laughs> yeah. I feel
4: like there's like the... Just the skeleton of a whole fish on a plate in mm-hmm. front of you. <laughs> yes. And there's a cat meowing and you're yeah. just waving it off. Yeah. Like going, and your cigarette
3: I, I, is like perfect, but it's not giving you cancer. It's like just, yeah. just and, so French. And it's
4: like three quarters ash. It's yes.
3: hanging on. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's what, the, as a
0: non-French speaker, that's what this record sounded like. Yeah. yeah.
4: No, if, I think we described that pretty well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> cool. Next episode, we'll be talking about Solomon Burke rock and roll. Ah je me vois
1: déjà, je me vois tout au bout de ce voyage là, d'où l'on revient de tout. Je vois déjà tout ça, et on a le brave culot, d'oser me demander de ne plus boire tout de l'eau, de ne plus trousser les filles, de mettre l'argent de côté, des mille filets de macros. Et crier, siffle le roi, la, 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 la.